Hi everyone, I hope you are all doing well and thank you for tuning in to Face to Face. This week's guest is a multi-talented Polish artist currently based in Amsterdam. And when I say multi-talented, I mean it in the purest form of the word. He has tentacles that reach beyond genre, style or profession. From playing music alongside Woodkit to dancing with Emmanuel Gatt to releasing a variety of critically acclaimed albums, he's always busy with something new. I am talking about the one and only Awir Leon. Awir and I had the pleasure of working together a couple of months ago on a short movement-based video for which he created two original tracks. His modern-aged Da Vinci-like vibe fascinated me from the start and I knew I had to sit down with him and talk about his story. So that's what we did and I'm so happy to finally share this wonderful episode with you and I hope you're as intrigued as I am. Good to see you. It's been a Good while. to see you too. It has yeah. been a while. You've been busy. You've been traveling the world a little bit, no? Yeah, I have. I have. I've been lucky. How's it been? <laughs> it's been good. It's been really good. Um, I mean, yeah, since, I mean, from March last year, it kind of all stopped. Mm. And for me, since January, it started again, in a way. Nice. With different jobs, like different jobs working on commercials and stuff like that with my friend Niels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been following that a little bit um, yeah. on Instagram and stuff. How's that? How was that collaboration? How was that working with um, really movie director on like kind of commercial stuff? That was really cool. I mean, I don't know how it is with movie directors. I don't know how it is with Niels. <laughs> he's also my friend, you know. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like different. I like the way he. I, I like the way he works. I like he works with. I mean, you can see he surrounds himself with chill people and. He wants that vibe, so yeah. So fun. But at the same time, you know, it's not only about being chill; it's about like, doing some good work. But exactly, exactly. Doing it with that, uh, yeah. And he's he's such a good director. It's insane to see him at work. Yeah, I really, really would love to work with him one day because it's, it's interesting. He's actually worked with. Um, he's worked with um, like quite some people that somehow I know or that I have crossed with so mm -hmm. there's like a little oh, cool. bit of a web like you and like funny for nice. example um yeah. can't think of there were other people now um but uh, so kind of i see that he's working with those people and he seems like a really like inspiring uh yeah. guy and doing some really great stuff yeah it's amazing to watch him work like seriously it's uh, <laughs> you know I actually asked him, I reached out to him if he wanted to um, have a conversation, but I super respect that. He, he actually said he, he, do, he, he prefers not to talk about um, yeah. his work, which I also super, super respect. Yeah. So. But yeah, like you see him start, you know, like he thinks of a scene, we start doing it. And then, you know, in the beginning, it looks like a normal scene, you know, like it would look like if you're... If, I mean, already better than if I would do it, but, but like if someone would do it. And then, I don't know, over like the next 20 minutes, he just changes that and changes that and just that. And 20 mm. minutes later, it's a movie. It's mm. it's insane. Yeah, cool. it was really inspiring. But really inspiring. Um, we are here to talk about you, though. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's uh, maybe before, uh, before I get into it, maybe you can quickly say uh, where you're calling in from. Like, where are you now? Are you home? Uh, yeah, where's right, home I'm for you? My, I'm in my music room at home. Mm. Which like city? It's Amsterdam. 
Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're not that far apart. But no. it's it's been kind of tough with, you know, regulations and COVID and stuff to like really exactly. meet up in person. It's been even even the Nach feels like it's far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. And this way is, you know, perfectly perfectly fine. Yeah. And you know, we both have our microphones and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It works. It all works. So I want to ask you a little bit about uh maybe what you're up to now, like your current state of mind. Um, maybe we can start with that. Um, have you been really busy traveling recently or are you really static at the moment? I mean, you said you have been quite busy. Um, so yeah, are you working on something new? Are you resting a little yeah, bit? Definitely. Always working on something new. <laughs> now, basically like from, so when the when everything stopped last year, I was about to go on tour. In March, and then the tour stopped. Um, we were just back from Iceland with Niels, where we shot the the Ma video with yeah. Niels and Fanny. Yeah, which was and amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was so fun to make. Music too. Thank so you. good. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then everything stopped. So, and we were locked down. And I just, yeah, I'm basically, I don't know. I took it well. I took it, I was kind of happy to have a break mm. it's weird that it's a forced break but uh, I was really happy to have a break and because I didn't I haven't had a break since I was 18 yeah. <laughs> or maybe before yeah so and I was really happy to be home and have time to like really dive into the music yeah. like I like I used to when I was less busy or when I was a teenager or something like really you know spend days on end just making music and being in it and and seeing how far you can dig into that thing, and uh, and that was really nice. I did that, I don't know, like over the whole spring and summer, and even September, October. In October, it started to. So I, I wrote a, a lot of new songs, like uh, a whole lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, October, November, it started to run out a bit. It the started to run juice. out a bit. Yeah, just because I don't know, you run out of things to talk about because yeah. even though life was very intense you know a lot of things were happening I mean uh, one big thing was happening sure 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 but across the whole world no, but nothing else you know nothing else in our lives was it was starting to be a bit like a monochrome so yeah October, November, December I started to yeah not be so inspired anymore and trying to get stuff to happen in the real world but but it didn't really happen. <laughs> it was hard to make anything happen. And then, uh, yeah, and then I've been lucky because in January, Niels offered that job for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so we went to Costa Rica and Nicaragua in February. And now we just went to Zimbabwe and Uganda wow. uh, in April. And so, like, of course, that brought inspiration back. And so yeah. in between the two, yeah. the two trips, I went back to writing more. Yeah. Is there a big difference for you when you're, let's say, in your studio alone uh, working on songs um, or when you're out on a project that's made um, specifically for uh, either a video or um, for a dance piece or a dance project? Is there a big difference for you? Do you really really segment them in your head? Yeah, they're very different. They both have pros and cons. But like when, if I'm just by myself in the studio, what I like is that I'm going to go, I'm going to take that track anywhere I want. I'm going to go anywhere I want with the music. Mm. And with. But you have to generate it all yourself. 
you have to generate the starting point you have to generate the essence of it you have to you know all yeah. of it and um and sometimes that's yeah sometimes that's fine and sometimes but sometimes it's like you're in front of a big void and don't know where to go yeah when, when working for a project what's nice it's it's kind of relaxing for the mind because i'm here to serve the project i'm here to serve the you know the main person in that project and yes. their id and and i like that it's for me it's really refreshing in the middle of me generating everything yeah it's really refreshing to put myself at the service of a project and like just sure, bring sure. what the person needs bring totally. what i think the project needs and what it's really nice it almost it's maybe a little bit of a relief or like a welcome break to yeah. be not responsible for every choice but kind yeah. of be a little bit guided by uh, a yeah. vision of uh, another creator exactly cool. just use my skills to you know like yeah bring whatever good i can bring to that project and mm. like when we did dadu Exactly. Yeah, we actually did a project together. Uh, maybe I can we just did. quickly quickly mention that um, we shot a film. Uh, we made the music for it. Uh, it was really good. And uh, we, like me and some other dancers, we actually made it to the cover art. I thought it was really special. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's my first time. And that time. was kind of like right in the middle of COVID. So. Yeah, it was. It was. It was yeah. really, really cool. I loved yeah. filming it. Yeah. And I really loved the results. Both the music yeah. and the video ended up being really, really special. Really cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was really nice. So thanks, thanks for that as well. I really and I mean that's oh, kind thanks, of Ian. that's that's where where we met. Yeah, but you were there. Yeah. You also you <laughs> knew what the vibe was, which yeah. I thought was really cool. It reflect like you released like kind of an album, like two songs, um, yeah. like uh, and that's not an album, I guess. It's like an EP or Just like an EP, yeah, yeah single, um, single. Um, and I don't know. They're so different, but they both like catch a vibe of what that day was. Mm-hmm. I find I mean it was really cool and I really love it. And we just yeah, because that day had both. That, yeah, for me that day it really had both these vibes. It had it had like this feeling of like a breath of fresh air and like you know being with a lot like what felt like a lot of people at the, at the time because we were alone the whole time. So suddenly being I don't know how many people were we eight. Yeah, something like a crew seven, of eight, eight, like camera Ian, four dancers, yeah. you, yeah, like seven eight. Yeah, it felt like a lot of people and. And it felt good, so that brought me that track, like that electronic mm-hmm. upbeat track that was like, ah, what a party. And yeah. But then, I don't know, like, I don't know if you remember, but by the end of the day, it felt more like it brought some kind of calm. It brought some kind of fresh air. And Yeah, it really did. It and also, like, chill, the sun was yeah. going down and we were shooting yeah. with, you know, film and, like, the limitation of, like, the last light that we had for that yeah. day. Yeah. And that really brought that kind of, you know, kind of the limitless also like yeah. limitless but also it, it it was limited like we had to finish it we were working yeah. with that kind of last daylight and yeah i feel like you captured that like so well cool thanks yeah really 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 nice um i wanted to ask you when you say that you have to um like you kind of initiate or you create everything when you're working on your own in the studio maybe mm-hmm. uh can you elaborate a little bit on that like you're a singer songwriter you produce mm-hmm. music uh, could you go a little bit in depth on what all the aspects are of doing that? Yeah. So, like, so all the components of my of me making music are yeah, what you said, the, the songwriting component. So yeah, writing 
the the song, the melodies, the lyrics, the the chords, all of this. Because my tracks are like most of my tracks are songs. Like they, you know, they they rest on a, on on the skeleton of a song and all this. And then another component comes in, which is the production component, because I started out. I mean, it's not it's not true. I didn't start as a producer, but a big part of my music is just electronic production, which started out as hip hop production, but then turned into electronic production. And we'll get back to that later. I'm curious about that. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, there's all the electronic stuff. How you turn a song into more of an electronic landscape, but keep the skeleton of the song in there, and um, and also. Re- more recently, I've brought back. I've brought back what I actually started out with, which is more traditional instruments. Mm. Like when I was a kid and a teenager, I was playing more with guitar, piano, drums, all these yeah. things. And um, yeah, is it so possible yeah, that I hear a lot of that on your like last al- album? Yeah, it, I hear it a lot there. Yeah, it's really Manzu, nice. Manzu was the the bringing back of traditional instruments. Totally. That's really what it was. Like before Manzu, or like if you listen to the album before Giants, all of this, it was really only electronic stuff. And with Manzu, I kind of brought that back and it felt good. And so now now it, it feels like I just have a huge palette of stuff to play with. Yeah, I find it incredibly is, versatile, your uh, your range, let's say, of, of, of genre almost. Like I yeah. almost wouldn't want to put a genre on it because it's, mm-hmm. it's quite... Uh, Versatile and eclectic, I'd say, and I something I really, really admire and really uh, love about a creator that that he or she doesn't get stuck in a like one formula. I've stopped. I've stopped trying to answer this question of genre because uh, I mean, what, what I say to journalists now is that it's not my job, in a way, to put a genre on it. Like, yeah. if you want to, if you want to do it, you can do it, but it's not a part of my process. So. Yeah. How can I answer that question? And it's not part of my process in a in a way that that it's on purpose, you know. Like it's not it's not me trying to not be in any genre. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of tracks are in genres, but it's I I really try and go where the track takes me. I, re, I have no I never have a plan. I never start a track thinking I'm going to make a track that sounds like this. That never happens. It's it's always you know. I don't know, start playing with one of the tools that I mentioned before. So I'm going to start playing with the piano. I'm going to start playing with the guitar. I'm going to start playing with a sample. I'm going to start playing with a synth, whatever, and see what that brings and where that takes me. And, but, but uh, yeah, it's so, it's so wide. It's it, like, ju- I mean, just, just vocals themselves, just, just voice and lyrics. That's yeah. already, that's already wide place where you can you can go anywhere yeah and then you add on, on top of that all the instruments traditional or electronic all those textures the textures everything um, production also like how you produce a track how you can take the same you can take the same bones of a track the same songwriting mm-hmm. and make it a pop hit or make it something right. super intimate and weird Right. But it's the same. It's the same skeleton behind it, the, and all of this is fascinating. Yeah, it's still fascinating to me. When you're talking about skeleton, you mean melody, chord progressions, exactly uh, all, all of that stuff. 
Like okay. basically what, what you would play if you would play that track just with a piano and voice. Yeah, right, right, you know? right. To me, that's that's still the skeleton or yeah. with a guitar and voice, but that's it's still, still the skeleton of the track. Cool. Yeah. Once, um, like, let's say once your track or tracks are done, like, how does the kind of last phase look where you start putting stuff together and like, how did you... Like, are you connected to a label? Are you, like, how do you, like, what's the last step of putting so, stuff out? Because yeah, that's so also on your plate. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's changing now because, um, so I was connected, connected with labels before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Giants, my album Giants was released with Nowadays Records in Paris. Uh, Manzu, the second album, was released with Alta K. Um, uh, I didn't like these experiences, so <laughs> to be honest, to be fully honest, I didn't. You didn't like what? Sorry, I didn't like the experience. The experience of right both these labels. I mean, what I've experienced with labels so far. So right now, I'm independent again, and um, okay, like this. That's that's the scoop. No one knows about this yet, but um, but I, I've I've actually like uh, started my own label. Um, nice. Yeah, and uh, That's let's great. see what. Yeah, let's see what it goes. I'm not. I don't even know if I necessarily release the next album on it or anything. But but it's up and running, and um, yeah. So the the, um, the process of finishing a track is first of all to know when it's finished, <laughs> which is kind right. of like the trickiest part because you can right. work on tracks forever, and it's usually not the right move you know you gotta you gotta know when it's it's good enough in a way mm. do you usually yeah. feel it like when it's reached its uh, full potential are you like yeah yeah you feel it or are you a lot of times in no, doubt it's tricky no no it's tricky I need people around me a lot I need people around me a lot yeah because I I'm a perfectionist so I could I could keep and I have kept working on tracks for like seriously, four or five years sometimes. So I'm trying wow. now. I'm trying to have wow. a shorter, shorter lifespan for working on the track because, honestly, because I think the, those tracks that I've worked for that long on, I've killed the track a little bit. Right. For yeah. you personally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think also for the people because now when I listen to earlier versions of these tracks, earlier versions were better. Right. So now I'm trying to stop myself a bit sooner. Tricky balance, though. Tricky yeah. balance. Yeah. And so basically, once the track sh- the track is finished on my side, so so I don't know, like tracks go through me. Then I have my crew. I have my guys, like um, my brother, um, J Kid, Floyd Chakim, and Dixie, basically. And so, like you know, it's only these four guys that are my crew. And, so uh, at one point I'm gonna start sending it to them, right? To Jen, my girlfriend, also to my manager Aaron, see what they think, see if they have any more ideas, whatever. And then, yeah, then once it's finished on our side, then I'll mix it. Just usually just mix and master it. You do it yourself yeah. too? No, 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 no. no That's like me. a it's, real job. Like I, I, I'm as I'm getting more and more into like audio and music. Uh, let's say world and production like I, I i noticed that that's really like a job like someone yeah. that's 
really specialized in that master's track. It's basically as broad and vast as making music. Right. It's it's huge. It's not a job. And on top of it, even if I I can mix I can do a basic mix. Like sometimes I've mixed my own things or mm. like the tracks from Dadu I mixed myself. Right. And stuff, you know. I can do it, but I can't do it as well as like say the guy that I'm working with at the moment at all, that's for sure. Mm. And on top of it, you need fresh ears. Yeah. Like right. At that at that point. So at that point, I, the people that mix, sorry, I interrupted you. Um, yeah, they, they, they still bring something else to the track because yeah. of how they mix it. Yeah. Because that's something that I haven't really uh, understood yet. No, you can really change. Like basically, like to I don't know. Like it's funny. Neil said that yesterday on the phone. He was like, uh, "Yeah, mixing is like because I made him hear a version of a track that he was used to, and now it's mixed." Right. And he was like, yeah, mixing is like color grading. Right, right. I it said, changes yeah, the exactly movie. exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. It changes how much you see or hear. It, and it can really change a track. Like you, you, you wouldn't know how, how much difference it can make to, um, on purpose, undermix under a bit, a bit or overmix the bit or undermix the vocals. And the, all these things really let you listen to the track in a different light, right. in a different way. It's right. it's it's also really interesting. If you're open to it, once I would like, I would love to hear like a like a, a pre and post mix, for example. I, Definitely. I would love to just to hear what yeah. what it brings because I'm just dipping my toes in it. Because uh-huh. with releasing the podcast, I'm also trying to just super basic mix the levels and like I didn't know something called uh, audio standards for <laughs> releasing platforms. Okay. So yeah. I I do now. So I, I'm just really dipping my toes and trying to get uh, kind of a clean sound out of course yeah. like my this level is so it's so basic and it's of course also just like a spoken medium um but yeah i'm I'm super interested in it and if you're open to it i would love to like hear it once yeah definitely cool. definitely but yeah it's a it, it definitely is a job like a full 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 full-on job right. and 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 an artistic one as well like you need someone that has to understand your artistry where you're trying to go, mm. and and also, I mean, like in anything, some guys are just better than others. Right. Like seriously, right. like there's some guys that yeah, are really expensive, but you know what you're paying for. It's it's worth it. So, so do yeah. you have really someone now that you're really close with, and like you said, like they know where you want to go artistically. Someone yeah. that can maybe suggest new things or like shine new light on your track but you know that it's also kind of it's accompanying your vision like you don't have to worry that yeah. it's going to come back like what is this yeah you, you need have people that, that kind of have the same the same musical not necessarily the same but like similar backgrounds right similar musical backgrounds as you similar you know that feel the same thing when they listen to music and you can tell that straight away. You can tell. Yeah. A lot of times I've tried new new sound engineers and the track comes back and you're like, that's not my track. That's just <laughs> not the, the track at all. Right. You right. hear it straight away. You've so, you've and you've experienced this? A lot of times. Wow. <laughs> Many more times than I've experienced the other the right guy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Does it happen also sometimes that it comes back and you're like, whoa. Like yeah. you did something so so unexpected, but I love it. 
that just happened, like with this. With the track for Niels? So it's not a track for Niels, it's the first track from the next album. Nice. Yeah, so we're starting to mix that. And this first track, yeah, just got mixed just now. And and Niels is uh, going to make the video for it. So Wow. We're going to make the video for it together. So. I love it. Uh, and yeah. that would be the music video for your project. So kind of you yeah. switched the... Uh, Switch roles yeah, a little bit where exactly he oh, that's I I love that kind of yeah. two way street collaboration I really yeah. love it, it yeah. sounds so cool so hopefully that will be out in September yeah working on it yeah. new album yeah. new album will be for next year right but the you're year. talking about oh you're talking about the video the first yeah track. just that track yeah just that first track super cool yeah well, new album really will getting... be for next year because I'll uh, I mean, a lot of it is written already and all that, but now, I mean, Monday now I'm starting the rehearsals for the tour with Woodkid. Um, I don't know if you know Woodkid. The oh, Wood Woodkid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Woodkid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he has also gonna, some really good music. Yeah, yeah, he's insane. So I'm starting, I'm starting the tour with him. I'm starting the rehearsals on Monday and then we start the tour. Super so, cool. Because when yeah. is that then scheduled to go on? Uh, is that like w with hoping that the pandemic kind of really is over? Yeah, or? we don't we don't know. But the okay. first show, the shows seem seem to be going ahead, and the first show we have is on fifteenth of June in Spain, and then we seem to have yeah like fifteen something shows over the summer for festivals. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, cool. fingers crossed. Uh, fingers it, crossed. Uh, it's I hope hard for you. to believe we're gonna be on stage and like playing music for festivals, but let's see. Right. Let's see. Right. Yeah. One thing you mentioned that made me think of something you said, like um, you said you're really a perfectionist, right? When it mm -hmm. comes to those tracks, which hopefully right now you don't work on for four years anymore. <laughs> but um, is that something that, and that actually brings me back a bit to your uh, your past, and maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Is that something you had as a dancer as well, like this perfectionism? And maybe it's interesting for people that uh, don't know that you were a dancer. Maybe you can talk a little bit about what you did uh, after school, uh, dancing, mm -hmm. joining a company, and how the transition to uh, music happened, yeah. if it's okay? Yeah, definitely. Cool. So, that's a long story. <laughs> that's okay. We ha we have time. That's what we're here for. It's that's what I want to share. I want to share you guys' stories. Exactly. So so basically, I was um, I always made music. I feel like music was always around. Like there were a lot of instruments in my house. Uh, my dad was a double bass player. Um, like when we had family birthdays, parties, whatever, my grandfather and his brother and their cousin would be playing Polish music. I'm Polish. So they would be playing Polish music live. Nice. Um, until they're way too drunk to hold their instruments. And, um, <laughs> and, and um, I'm trying to, I'm going to like vividly imagine your story. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a so Polish that, family. Yeah, the yeah. anecdotes help. <laughs> so yeah, so like, music was always around. And, and my brother, Sylvain, who you can see in a lot of my live ensemble videos and all this the one with the huge beard um, he of course started to pick it up and he was my older brother so you do everything like your older brother so I started to pick it up as well 
and we just yeah we just taught ourselves all the instruments we can we could teach ourselves like drums guitar piano uh, all of that and then when we started to be teenagers uh, we started to have bands we you know just he and I and usually one other guy or two other guys like playing all different kinds of <laughs> you know like we had a funk band and then a punk band and then a you know doing doing whatever but just having fun and um and at the same time so my mom is a dance teacher she has like she built her own her own dance school in the in the neighborhood where i come from and it's 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 pretty it's pretty poor neighborhood where nothing happens like in the north of france and um and and it's the area where she comes from and she her whole life her mission has really been to bring culture to these kind of neighborhoods like to right our kind of people yeah and um and so she built that dance school in the middle of the neighborhood and then the dance school got so successful like there was so many people in there that they built the city hall built a theater attached to it and she started to be able to to bring shows around and like really bring like con contemporary culture as well as traditional cultures from all over the world stuff like that to to neighborhood and so but i never really went to dance uh but it was around you know it was like from when i was a kid i was i was so dance i was so it was part of just part of my life and so i was more interested in music and then when i turned 16 there was something that was even more interesting than music or dance, and that was girls. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so and so I realized, well, they, there's a bit more girls in the dance school than, than in the music places. So I just started like... A, so I started with hip-hop dancing. I started with just mostly popping classes and all nice. this. Because like... A, I don't know. I really, I already liked the other techniques and everything, but uh, like I said, the, the school was in the middle of the neighborhood, mm -hmm. so and, you know, uh, you can't really. I don't know. Like I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough and all this to let the guys from the neighborhood see me, you know, do ballet or contemporary dancing. Or right. It's like I'm gonna get my ass beat up if I. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I thought that would have happened. I think that would have happened, actually. Um, so, yeah. So, popping was a good way to go in. And then... And and a good way to get me closer to girls. <laughs> and then, I don't know. I think that was an easy reason for my, my... My stupid young brain to understand and to let myself do it. I don't think that was the full reason. Right. I think, you know, I think I loved dance for a long time. I was so... I was so full of it. Yeah, you were gravitating to it. My whole life already. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. And um, and straight away when I started, I really loved it. And then my mom, she she didn't push too much, but she, you know, slowly was like, yeah, there's this really cool contemporary teacher that's coming for a workshop. You want to try? And, uh, and I started trying and I started just loving everything. Right. Not ballet. <laughs> still, still, still to this day. I really, I really tried. I really tried, but I have a hard time with uh, my body. Trying to picture you in tights right now, 
but I think I prefer <laughs> the baggy clothes and the headphones. I would have loved to like, I don't know, get some understanding of it in my body, but it just really didn't happen. Right. It just really didn't happen. I'd say it's a it's really, really great tool to have in your arsenal. I don't think it... I don't think it does or says more than that, you know, and yeah. other people have yeah. other tools in their backpack. Like for yeah, me, that's, exactly. that's how I see it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I would have, but yeah, didn't happen. Didn't happen. But yeah, then I got into, I got into a whole lot of techniques, like all the other hip hop techniques. Never got so much into breakdance. Like for me, it was a bit like ballet. My body didn't understand it also. I mean, look at my arms. You know, <laughs> just useless. So, so yeah, like pop house. I go into house a lot. Um, what we used to call new style at the time. You know, which is like hip hop at the time. You know what it is. Um, Crump was already around a bit. I started with that too, and then like all kinds of different contemporary techniques. Right, you started merging um, that with the more yeah, um, African, African, African traditional. Also, wow, a lot of sabah, um, modern jazz. Like I don't know, I tried everything, right. and then I, I, I'm not familiar Pietra Gala. Who? Pietra Gala. No, she was like a étoile from from Paris. No, and she was creating a piece about the mines. The, the coal mines yeah. and so the area where I'm from used to be the coal mines area like both my grandfathers were in the mines and all this and so she came to audition in the mines because she had dancers from everywhere but she wanted at least one dancer from the area and I went to so I had been dancing for two years and I went to the audition just thinking you know I'm gonna get a workshop for free and then she took me in so I moved to Paris wow and started started working there. Damn. Started working there. I love it. Yeah. I love <laughs> it. And then that was for yeah. one specific project or you really That was for one one piece and but then I ended up making four pieces with her. Wow. Over the course of five years and then then that brings me to two thousand and ten when I started working with Emmanuel Gatti. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then I stayed with Emmanuel until until now, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're still connected yeah. with him because it's. You told me that um, that that's also where you started. Like you started making music for him, right? Am I right? Or um, no? Yeah, I've made music for Emmanuel, but that's not how I started. So basically, what happened at the same time as all of this mm -hmm. was um, that. So this choreographer Pietra Gala, she took mm -hmm. me in. I moved to Paris. Suddenly, all the instruments that were just in my family house, uh, I couldn't bring them over because I was living in seven square meters in Paris or whatever. <laughs> and so a friend gave me an old laptop with like, I don't even remember which one. It was a basic DAW on it, like a basic bit making program or something. And, uh, and so that's when I started discovering production. So it wasn't electronic yet by then. It was like, because I was more interested in hip hop mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So I just started making rap instrumentals mm. for my friends to rap on yeah. uh, and started discovering beat making, how it works. 
all of this straight away you could tell i wasn't going to be a beat maker like you know that wasn't going to be my thing because my instrumentals were straight away too weird okay okay for anyone to want to rap on them right you know? they were <laughs> in a way monotone enough or how would you how would you I describe don't know it? like i again like musically and dance wise i've like my mom brought a lot of um people from mali senegal mostly i'm not sure if any other african countries but mostly mali and senegal to come over and give workshops of dancing music and all this so that was a huge influence for me and um so rhythmically i was straight away looking for other things unconsciously i was rhythmically I know I can't I, I can't keep my rhythm simple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on a different I level. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I'm on a different <laughs> level, but I uh, no, I just I, I enjoy that. I love I love these kind of yeah, rhythms. Yeah, and so yeah, and that's from that point on. So at, at one point, no one was rapping on them, so I started rapping on them. Work is <laughs> <laughs> the way yeah. to go. You're like you <laughs> exactly. don't want to rap on like, music? Uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. What I love so much about Awir is that he doesn't settle for comfort or he doesn't let his circumstances withhold him from doing what he feels is right. Nobody wants to rap over his beats. He'll do it himself and come up with a new flow or sound. I think that's also one of the reasons that he didn't have a great experience with record labels, since they literally need to label stuff and define it. But like Awir said, they can do that if they want, but it's not part of his job. He wants to roam free in the artistic landscape, not turning down any new possibilities or challenges. Let's dive in a bit further into his story and discover how his first band was formed and how that put another chain reaction in motion which has led him to where he is now. You were kind of on your Paris transition to Emmanuel Gatt, where you then actually danced in yeah. his company, and at the same time your music, I guess, is developing from making hip-hop beats to not rapping on them, or you exactly. rapping on them, to yeah. so maybe I, something yeah. more electronic? Yeah, so I started rapping on them then I met um, J-Kid, uh, like one of my best friends. Um, and we started making music together. He was also a beat maker. So we started like working on beats together and I kept rapping on them. Gradually, you know, it became more of our things and we both had many more influences than just hip hop. So it started becoming something else than just, yeah. than just rap. I started to find my voice in singing again. Mm. And we were exploring different things in the instrumentals, going weirder and weirder. <laughs> and then uh, we met the a third guy, Abraham Tisme, who joined us. And the three of us together became Uno, U and N O. And we did a lot of projects together. Like we released, I don't know, like four EPs and and one album, nice, something like this, and toured together. So that was really freeing that to find a crew and work together and I really like the music we made together um, and so yeah that was happening at the same time as working with Emmanuel as I started working with Emmanuel as I moved away from Paris I moved to Amsterdam and so Wait, is that where he's 
based his company? I I actually don't know. Like I I know no, about he's his based company. around Marseille. Marseille in Istres, like just a bit north from Marseille. Right. Yeah, but uh, but I met my girlfriend, so I moved to Amsterdam to be here with her mm. and all that. And um. And yeah, and so I was working with Emmanuel as a dancer, making music with Uno. Mm-hmm. But but uh, because I was on tour a lot with Emmanuel, I couldn't make music with my guys all the right. time. So I started working on my own stuff while I was on tour in the train and all that. And started going a bit more electronic than what we were doing, which was, was still very much attached to hip-hop. I was started to go, yeah. And, and at that point, I was listening to a lot of Flying Lotus, Fortet, uh, Floating Points, all these guys. And so I started going in that direction mm-hmm. a bit by myself. And um, yeah, started started finding my just my personal voice. And it stayed instrumental mm-hmm. for a while. For a while, my voice was reserved for Uno, mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. It stayed instrumental for three EPs and one album. And then, and then at one point, for the first album, Giants, I started singing on the instrumentals I was making. And nice. And that's the beginning of Awir. Yeah. As, yeah. As you guys because know. Because Awir is not your real name. Like that was one of the no. first things I asked you because I remember <laughs> I remember Ian introducing you. I was like, I was like, wait, but I was like, what? I was like, I know. Like he didn't use Awir, you know? And I was like, yeah. but wait, I know. Because like I already followed you on like Instagram and like I knew who you were. But I didn't yeah, know, you know my uh, face. your real name. Yeah. You want to maybe, uh, I mean, <clears throat> you told me already, but uh, you want to maybe say yeah. where the name comes from? Because I really liked it. I will, yeah. So my real name is François Léon. Yeah. Um, so when I started making so when I started making music on my own, like I just said, because I was on tour, I went under, under the name Léon. Because it was also like, I got that name from my grandfather who had just passed away, all this. Uh, but then... The problem with that is that it was ungoogleable. You couldn't find me on Google because there's so many Leon from everywhere. Like all right. the Puerto Rican guys making music <laughs> called Leon, all the everyone. And so I wanted to find another word to bring in. And then my friend Christopher Tandy, uh, who's from Wales, uh, right. every time we, we were together and he was talking to his family on the phone or whatever. I really liked the language. So I was like, yeah, give me a list. I love this language. Give me a list of Welsh words <laughs> that I can just steal from you. And in that list, there was Awir, which means uh, air, the sky, air. Right. You know, like all this. So I didn't really care about the meaning that much, to be honest. That's not about the meaning. It's about the word. I love yeah. the word. I mean, it's really nice mm-hmm. in the, on, the, yeah. on the tongue. <laughs> you can't tell where it's from. Really, and right. I don't know. Now everyone calls me that, and I'm, yeah, it's my name now. It's cool. Yeah, how does that feel that your artist name kind of also became your know, real name mm. in a bit? Yeah, it's everyone calls me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm used to it now. Right. I'm used to, it's it's almost weird when people that are not from my very very close circle, like meaning my family, mm-hmm. girlfriend. You know, it's almost weird when people call me call me Francois now. I'm right. A bit confused. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm so fascinated by how every, like you had so many threads going on and how just one piece of the puzzle kind of fell into place and that triggered that reaction. And then you had there and yeah. then you were alone. So you started, you know, making like, I just, everything 
kind of, you know, like looped into each other. I just, I find it yeah. such a really, really cool trajectory because you had but all But there's that something that I'm starting to... No, no, sorry? no. Yeah, go, 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 go. Yeah. There's something that I'm only starting to accept now, but that's been here. I've always tried to make plans. I always thought I, I had some kind of control about where I was going and... and and uh, but I've always been pretty shit at it, I think. <laughs> and so by default, I've never went with the plans. I always went with the motions. And and now I'm starting to <laughs> like stop fighting that because I realize this is anyway what I've been doing. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, I like it. Like when you go with the motions, it's 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 just rich. Like life takes you wherever it's got to take you. Yeah. It just happens like that. I don't know. I'm happy with that now. Was that difficult? Was there a transition period where you realized you were maybe fighting it a bit and to then kind of let it go and see and really not maybe try to plan as much? Is that something that was hard to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That moment was um, when... So I was still touring as a dancer with Emmanuel but I had been working on both Uno and my solo project for a while and things were starting to take off. We were going, we were getting a lot of like good gig opportunities and stuff like mm -hmm. that for both projects. But I couldn't take any of them because I was on tour with Emmanuel. Right. And, um, yeah, that was a moment where I was still trying to control, still trying to hang on to dance because I love dancing and I love Emmanuel and I love the whole team there. Uh, but I was like, okay, like the motion is showing something different, clearly. Mm. I think I'm, at one point I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go with that. And the crazy thing is that I told Emmanuel and he was like, okay, let's do the next piece with you as a musician on stage then. Right. No, as a dancer. Right. And then we made Sunny. Right. Uh, really? I remember that piece, yeah. just the name because I was in school and I think it, prem not premiered, but it, it toured to the single in Antwerp. And did, yeah. I don't think I saw it. I just remember, yeah. or I remember maybe wanting to see it and it like didn't match up with dates or school or whatever. But it's funny, I just really yeah. remembered it, the title. So basically that was like around the time of my first album, Giants. And right. And I was a baby in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm old. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you feel old. <laughs> Sorry. I, <know> I am. <laughs> So yeah, Manuela was like, yeah, so if you want, you don't want to be a dancer anymore, come be a musician. I love that. Which is amazing of him. And, and yeah, so we took like some songs from the album and then I wrote new music for the piece. And he choreographed the piece with it. And I love it. Yeah, that was really cool. We toured that for two years. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that happened. Before that, on top of the two music projects, Uno and, and Awir, um, I had already started making soundtracks for dance pieces mm -hmm. as well. Like a few different companies I made a first soundtrack for Royal Self. Right, right. Yeah, so I did that and then started making soundtracks for my friend Amala Dianor. Uh, no, no. The, the, I'm still making, like we've made, I don't even know how many, I think we've made nine or ten pieces together by now. Wow. Uh, and yeah, I really still enjoy working with him. I made a few soundtracks, a few other soundtracks for Emmanuel, mm -hmm. which were soundtracks, not mm -hmm. me playing on stage, but soundtracks. Yeah. Soundtracks for the Black Sheep Company in France, soundtracks for 
uh, yeah, hope I'm not forgetting anyone, but <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's so just, that, that was happening. At it amazes time. me how 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 versatile. Like you really really have. I, mean, I would say like a finger in each pot, but that sounds kind of not so good. But you really mm-hmm. have um, mm-hmm. like your tentacles. They go kind of in every direction. Yeah. And I really, it's really, I really love that. I was going to curse. It's funny you say that because now we're like, we're trying, I've realized that it's really not clear for people what I do, like everything I do. And so now I want to try and explain a bit. Yeah. Well, this is also um, what this is for. And like, I, I'm so yeah. happy like that's a little bit the um, the thought behind the podcast as well. To just have someone, a, a creator, an artist, doesn't matter if you're dancing, making music, choreographing, yeah. directing movie, like I, and just talk about like the trajectory. Like every trajectory is so unique, and usually yeah, yeah. most of the times, no one is just a musician, just a director, no. just a writer. Like it, it's all those it's all things. the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the same thing. It, I mean, dancing, making music, yeah, taking photos, making movies, cooking, uh, you know, <laughs> making clothes, whatever. It's that's it's all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 yeah, I don't know. Like I don't, I know that all 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 my different limbs, they all they all feed each other. You know, yeah. they all help each other. Yeah. And. Like after I go, I don't know, sometimes I'm here, I'm writing new songs for for me and then I'm going to go and make a soundtrack for Amala or whoever and then and come back and my perspective on what I was writing before has completely changed and I'm going to write completely different songs because musically I went to something, you know, that's more uh, in the songwriting format. I go to some to the soundtrack, which is... Uh, which has a different kind of freedom and then you're going to bring back that kind of freedom into the songwriting and then you know like it's yeah i i don't know i love it it's like like a ping pong dialogue of of inspiration almost yeah yeah. one feeds the other i don't really have time to dance anymore right i was going to ask you if you're kind of leaving that world behind you even though it's like it's in your dna but you're not physically dancing anymore yeah, I'm not leaving that world behind because, like, I, I don't know, like, even just this year, 2021, it's like May, and then I've already made three soundtracks for dance pieces. Nice. Yeah. So I'm still very much in that, but I, yeah, I don't dance physically. I haven't danced physically in five years. Right. I mean, on stage, I mean, right. I dance all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your shower. And uh, yeah, I miss it. I mean, my shower is too small. <laughs> So small. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so, you know, Dutch Garden, showers. no? Balcony? Uh, yeah, living room, park, Amsterdam wherever. apartment. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, I miss it, but hopefully, I don't know. Like, now I miss it, so hopefully. At one point, I was happy to not be doing it anymore because I had been doing it for, I don't know, 12 years. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to have a break, but now I'm ready to bring it back. But I don't think I want to go go back on stage, mm-hmm. you know, in in PCs and all this. I think I just would like to find fun ways to bring the dancing back yeah. in my project, you know. Right. Have you thought about yeah. some kind of concept or formula, like an idea mm, that comes to mind where you're thinking about really. this? I think, I'm, I think first of all, I'm going to like let myself dance more on stage, like... <laughs> And see see what that yeah. brings. Yeah. See what that brings. It's beautiful, man. Um, 
I'm we're almost gonna wrap up because I don't want to take in you know your entire night, but um, I, uh, it's really great to hear about your um, you, you know, also your what you have in mind for the future because that was like one of my questions. You already kind mm. of uh, talked about it. Um, I never did this before, but I posted like on Instagram today if someone like had a question maybe for you. Um, yeah, I saw that. That's cool. Uh, I hadn't done that before, but I thought, why not? Maybe someone comes up with like something nice. And I actually got like mm. two really nice questions. And I thought maybe I can just ask them, why not, right? Go for um, it. One question was, what makes you feel most alive? What makes me feel most, whoa. It's a very gonna, deep one. We, what, you got to do that? <laughs> I know, I was like, fuck, I was like, oh shit, I can't curse. I can curse. Um, I was like, that's like a deep question. I was like, but you know what? I'm just going to, I'm yeah. just going to throw it on you. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. What makes me feel most alive? I used to think it was the things I'm doing or the places I am or, you know, like, situations mm -hmm. but now that I'm old <laughs> no like more and more I'm realizing it's not necessarily the situations or anything it's how you how you how you how you're here how you're present how you connect with that situation mm -hmm. you know you can feel extremely alive in in very normal basic situations and you don't need to be doing crazy shit. You don't need to be in crazy places. You don't need, you need to be insanely in yourself and where you are. And yeah, I'm starting to realize that this is where, this is what makes me feel alive. That's beautiful. And then of course, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's like, like, I don't know, within music or dance or, like within my artistic stuff, it's like having the feeling that I'm touching something mm -hmm. um, otherworldly, mm -hmm. like something that I haven't, like a new place you're discovering. That, that feeling's amazing. I mean, I'm chasing that feeling every day right. of my life, and because I've I've touched it with the tip of my finger a few times, and it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I'm literally pushing. I'm putting my hand on the table. I don't know why. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's an inspiring answer, really. I mean, and it's also just for I think everyone in a creative or even not creative business, like being like really present with with what your passion is. Like, if you're yeah. passionate about being, you know, a, a, an accountant, like that, if that's your passion, like, and you want to be just fully Definitely. in, I think that's just the most important thing. Yeah, do your thing. It's so nice to watch everyone with skill and passion do whatever they do. Like, it, I don't know. The other day, I watched a video on YouTube of a guy, of a guy uh, putting tiles down. Mm -hmm. You know, it was so nice to yeah. watch. It was insane wow. because he was, you know, he was putting all his care and his love into it, and he had so much skill. Right. It's inspiring. Yeah. It just, doesn't matter what do it. Uh, what it is, but people that have such a devotion or passion for something like they can just it can light a spark it's 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 inspiring yeah because that's the bit that's inspiring it's it's the it's the um, the devotion yeah it's the care into it and uh i don't know i've spent i don't know about you but i've spent a lot of time uh yeah doubting thinking thinking 
things should be different. The wanting more, wanting different things, wanting all that. I've wasted a lot of time with that, and then it's it's counterproductive. It doesn't get you anywhere, and it makes you not alive. It's not even that you feel alive or not. It's that you're not. You're just not. You're not alive, and when you're just in whatever you're doing giving that thing the best chance you can give it then then yeah you're alive I feel alive at least right yeah. right yeah. I think that's a really really beautiful note to end on um, so I'm <laughs> gonna thank you for your time tonight and for catching up with me and Cheers. for talking about all your beautiful beautiful stuff um, and yeah I just hope we get to work on something together like really soon That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be really nice. All right. I mean, we don't live that far away from each other. So. Exactly, exactly. I'm moving <laughs> soon, but I'll tell you that another time. Uh, not that far away. Right. But uh, yeah, okay. I really, really hope we can get together fast. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you for tuning in to this week's amazing episode with Aver Leon. If you enjoyed listening, feel free to recommend it to someone who might also find it inspiring. And if you haven't already, don't hesitate to subscribe or follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Thanks again, and I look forward to sharing some more conversations with you soon. Mm-hmm.